today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We will talk to a fellow Western alum, Rachel Sklar, in a little bit. Uh, lawyer, uh, author, commentator uh, in the United States. She's in New York City right now. Uh, but Toronto girl, uh, UWO grad, probably had better marks than me. I don't want to compare UWO transcripts. Uh, but I was a poli-sci major, so I'm in tonight. I'm all in. And I, uh, I'm i a junkie. I took a lot of U.S.-based courses. That's I wouldn't say it's my specialty, but I, I love it. And uh, tonight, the Senate runoffs in Georgia are going to get a massive amount of attention for me. Uh, democracy on the ballot. There is an unbelievable amount of attention uh, for this and and complicated to it. People have asked me to explain, well, why is there a runoff election? They just had an election in November. And there is that uh, that we'll get to in uh, a little bit. I want to play this from yesterday. I found this really interesting given, you know, we're hammering what we do wrong. And there are things we're doing wrong. We're doing a lot of wrong things in, in long-term care. We're doing a lot of wrong things in uh, we, we can do better with health care, et cetera, et cetera. I lived in the States for nine years. And as I've documented, um, it, if you have a job and you have benefits, it's kind of pretty awesome. It, it is. Um, we loved having a pediatrician there. And one of those scenarios that I thought was really, really intriguing about the states was the lack of mat leave. And we so we have one American-born son, uh, born in 06 uh, in Livonia, Michigan. And we have a Canadian-born son uh, in 2008. So we had one baby in the states, one baby in Canada. So I am the perfect person. I'm available for weddings, parties, anything when those things resume again. And we don't have to be wearing masks and be from a distance uh, to speak on this topic. The difference between having a kid in the States and having a kid in Canada. OK, um, Megan McCain, John McCain's daughter, uh, right, is a co-host on The View on ABC. Uh, and she weighed in yesterday. She's just coming back to The View off maternity leave. OK, um, and, you know, healthy baby, but she had some complications and was in hospital an extra week after having the baby and weighed in, weighed in on maternity leave in the United States. Here's the clip. I find this very, very interesting. You will also, given we uh, probably should really appreciate what we have. And it never seems to be, quote unquote, on the ballot here in Canada the concept of maternity leave for us as Canadians. Here's the clip. Um, as any woman who has experienced anything like that, I uh, had to have my husband and my mother-in-law help me do everything from shower to eat. It was deeply humbling and to help me take care of liberty. And the whole time I was thinking what a privilege it is to have this kind of, of maternity leave. And then as I thought about it, the more angry I got that there weren't women in the rest of America that had the same kind of luxury that I had working here at The View. And then I started getting more and more angry that conservatives in particular, given that we are the family of family or the sorry the party of family values and that everything about our ideology sort of stems from the nucleus of the family that we are leaving women in this country without the capacity and ability unless you have an employer that allows you to to take care of your child to heal physically which is something that needs to happen and I actually think there's a lot of synergy right now for uh, a paid family leave coming from Democrats and Republicans everyone from Marco Rubio and Kristen Cinema and Joni Ernst have come on board and I think this is something that's really a really dark spot for our country. Okay, why don't you think about that? So that's Megan McCain on the the View yesterday. I'll, I'll give you the quote again. I started getting angry. The conservatives, in particular, given we are the party of family values, 
that we are leaving women in this country without the capacity and ability to heal physically after childbirth. Listen, this is this is one thing here, and it's happening way, way, way too much. So many things are in, in this era of projection, but so many things are are just a little bit too much for me. One is the idea that you don't you don't spot a problem um, as being a problem, period, until it's your problem. <laughs> Let's say, like, uh, honestly, again, you don't have to apologize for where you come from. You don't have to apologize for the road you took. You don't have to apologize for the money you make. You don't. But understand, you shouldn't have to, but understand problems are problems, whether they're your problems or not. These were issues in the United States of America for decades and decades and decades and decades. We spotted this at one point in Canada, and we thought, well, that's not right. And I will tell you that my wife, when we had our baby in the States in 06, she got 12 weeks paid. 12 weeks. like you And, and I was doing morning drive at the time in Detroit. You drop your kid off at daycare uh, in the morning like like an egg. Like they can't crawl at that point in time. So she wa- she went back to work three days a week, and it's a struggle for every single mother, every single mother in the U.S. And it shouldn't have t- <laughs> it shouldn't have taken Megan McCain having a baby. Like maybe when you get pregnant, you even realize it, and you're like, oh, it, like your your perspective does change. It's not just about you anymore. I can't behave as a as a parent like I did when I was 24, 25. It's the same thing with with you know with with so many things in life. You get you got to take your job a little more seriously when you get older. When it's not just about you, it's just not it's not about you. But I thought that was fascinating. And and again, you can spare me on the party of family values. If indeed that was the case, that is no longer the case now, given the political landscape in the U.S. So, like I said, uh, the popcorn is going to is going to pop. The sodas will be ready for dry January. I will be ensconced tonight. And I feel relatively confident, relatively confident in these Georgia results uh, that are coming. Remember. It is mostly uh, a Republican history in this state. Joe Biden wins the president, uh, wins the electoral votes in Georgia. That had not happened for a long, long time. Bill Clinton just edged out George W. Bush, but the aid of Ross Perot getting 13% of the votes was a huge factor in 1992. Want to bring on our next guest? She's a lawyer, she's an author, political commentator. I think she's great. Rachel Sklar. Uh, joins us now. By the way, you're on in Hamilton and London, Ontario today. This may be your London, Ontario rate. So going out to all the way back to the days of uh, CHRW, you probably haven't been on in London. And you're speaking to a much bigger audience now, so don't get nervous or anything, right? Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that this was also London. That's so exciting. <laughs> I want to go to the Spoke. I, I love London. I, 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 it I has changed. I tweeted before, go tie cat. My my cousin's from Hamilton, and everything he wears is tie cat themed. It's it's um it's really extraordinary how how many items of clothing one man can wear branded with uh, tie cat colors and regalia. <laughs> but um, I I love I love being on with you, and and thank you for lowering my blood pressure by by mentioning favorite Canadian cities uh, after heightening it by playing that Megan McCain clip. Because as you know, I'm a single mother. As you know, I'm a, uh, a Canadian living in uh, America, very cognizant of every, all of the maternity leave that my my friends in Canada got. As I I didn't have any maternity leave because I'm self-employed, uh, so I had to um, have a lot of uh, flexibility. Well, I mean that that <laughs> flexibility comes with it. Uh, yeah, because that's what you have to do. But um, but it uh, the, the there was no safety net. None. Yeah, so, it, re- uh, remarkable. We moved back. We moved back for our second baby, Rachel, and uh, and we had a scenario where 
uh, because we moved. We decided to have the baby in London. We didn't have it in Michigan uh, because we'd lost our health benefits because I took a job in Toronto. So I was commuting back and forth. We were trying to sell our house in Michigan, which in um, late early 2008 was not the easiest thing, given a global recession was about to crash down. And uh, and yeah, it was such a different experience. Uh, having the baby here, but having having that block of time, uh, it wasn't something we got paid time. And yeah, my wife's always been uh, been quite jealous of all her Canadian friends who uh, who probably are ready to go back to work maybe at nine or ten months, but at least they have the option for the twelve. If if so be it, right? Uh, it's a uh, it's certainly a different experience. So I I self employed. I work from home. I was able to. Figure it out. I had uh, my my co-founder and I. I had I had a company um, that we recently sold, but uh, at that time, my co-founder would come over and we would swap off uh, holding Ruby if, if need be, so uh, someone could have typing hands free. Um, so I mean, that's great. I felt very supported and and don't regret anything. At least of all the time I had mm. with her, uh, she didn't go to daycare until ten months. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it, you're absolutely spot on. The fact that Meg McCain uh, has has also held herself out as sort of like a feminist Republican over the years, and that it took this long for her to speak out. This is also uh, supposed to be a signature issue of Ivanka Trump. Ivanka Trump had a mandate going into the, her father's presidency. She, if she had wanted to do something. This is the thing she could most clearly have done and taken credit for. Uh, there's no greater proof that Ivanka Trump didn't really want to do anything with the position she had than the fact she just never did anything about this. This was her signature issue, was uh, paid family leave and, and working moms and all of that. Yeah, no. Anyhow, yeah. Ocean, uh, anyhow. Over here, as <laughs> Rachel Sklar is joining us from New York City. So I, I said that I'm uh, fairly confident uh, the results go in the Democrats' favor tonight. Maybe uh, maybe I've seen too many videos amplified of uh, Republican and Trump supporters saying, well, uh, you know, we got screwed in the last election uh, and and the president is telling us that. So why would we vote in this one? Because um, <laughs> <the laughs> why will it suddenly be legitimate now? Um, what's your level of confidence going in tonight? And we all had that, I suppose, on election night. And then it felt like the because of the uh, the way the votes were counted. It felt like the bottom fell out for about 90 minutes and uh, and we looked like we were, you know, staring into the abyss uh, when we all went to bed on that night uh, in early November. I, I will never take an election night nor optimism on election night for granted again. Uh, even so, it is it's amazing to see what is happening and has been happening uh, in Georgia to to see the just the fact that the state flipped for the presidency to see the mobilization. And it's really, I mean, what it has uncovered is just how rampant and insidious and baked into the system voter suppression is in Georgia and in yeah, across the United States. I mean, that that's really become a huge issue um, uh, and, uh, and, and really should have been, it's been an issue for a long time, obviously. <laughs> it was, like I said, baked into the system. But uh, when Obama was, elected in 2012 he actually addressed it on stage when uh, when accepting uh you know when when accepting the i guess the presidency or the, whatever it is um in grand park i believe and uh and he said we have to fix that and that wasn't fixed and then in 2013 uh shelby v holder came down getting the voting rights act when when john roberts and his decision said oh we don't have to worry about that anymore so you know those 13 states 
that previously had to submit their voting uh, law changes just to be sure they're not completely racist and gerrymandering and suppressing. You don't have to do that anymore. North Carolina, we trust you. Like, and, and of course, what we saw were immediate laws geared towards suppressing votes, <clears throat> gerrymandering districts, and, uh, and trying to entrench Republican power and rule. And we've seen the, the, the fruits of this. So not to like go on like a little mini history lesson, but the, the organizing that, it, that has been required to counter that, to to like to find individual voters and 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 demonstrate how their votes had been taken away from them, how they've been disenfranchised, and then work to get them to re-sign up to you know verify their addresses, or all the little things, all the little administrative roadblocks that, that have been deliberately placed in the way of voters deliberately to suppress the votes. I mean, and, and so it's been a really an extraordinary achievement of organizing and, and fighting back against a system that has very clearly been designed to keep certain people away from the polls. And by certain people, it does, that, that's not just people who are more likely to vote Democrat. I mean, that is specifically the uh, black people, uh, black and brown people, you know, like, like poorer areas. I mean, those, they have been specifically targeted across the spectrum. It, it is, it is it's shocking. It is terrible. Yeah. I know about it and be outraged about it and push back about it. Anyhow, blood pressure rising again. Another day. <laughs> we can do that. Uh, <laughs> Rachel Sklar is joining us from New York City. Give our audience a sense because I think this is happening. Uh, maybe you concur. Maybe you don't. Um, the, the star power of John Ossoff, who's running against a lot's been made about Kelly Leffler. Of course it has, but John Ossoff running against David Perdue. Ossoff's 33 years old and, um, and he strikes me. He is, uh, he's gaining a national rep and, and because of the attention and the spotlight on this, I think the media tried this to some extent with Beto O'Rourke. I, I sure think they did with, uh, with Mayor Pete Buttigieg. Is Ossoff becoming uh, a star um, that that may not become just U.S. Senator for Georgia, Rachel, but maybe we're seeing a guy on the national stage uh, ascend? That would be great, right? Like, let's first let's you know, finger cross that he'll he'll be elected, and he's got a great and powerful voice. He he ran a great campaign uh, four years ago when he you know when he almost made it was it four years ago or two years ago when he he ran for uh, Congress. And uh, and he didn't win, but he got a lot of recognition for it and, and local recognition, national recognition. So he came back for, for the Senate race. And and uh, uh, also Reverend Warnock running against Kelly Leffler. Kelly Leffler, who was, never, who was appointed to this position, who has never actually been elected to anything. Um, it would be, there's, it's not just because, yay, it would be great to have the Dems. <laughs> You have, you know, have a majority in the Senate that would be, I dare to dream. But also, when you look at uh, Leffler and Purdue, they are, they are both supremely wealthy people who have really done nothing to demonstrate that they care about Georgians who are not in their, you know, wealth uh, echelon and, and, and like it's just it's it they are they're they're not particularly you know, shining city on a hill type candidates anyway. So uh, there's, there's plenty of reasons to hope that Georgia that goes to the Dems, it would be really delicious to have uh, Kamala Harris be the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. It would certainly be delicious to have Mitch McConnell be referred to as minority leader and 
hopefully one day to be referred to as that guy who used to ruin everything and now no longer can. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, baby steps at this point. I- but yes, I got about forty-five sec. I got about forty-five seconds. I want to ask you about um, trouble in Washington. I uh, again, I don't take that for granted that there won't be any. But I worried on election day about disruptions and and you know people with submachine guns uh, threatening other people not to vote. I'm not as worried about this. I'm not saying the Proud Boys are all talk and no action, but I don't worry about this trouble and disruption on the streets of D.C. as much as some do. Give me 45 on whether you worry about it tomorrow. I worry about everything because the president of the United States is becoming more and more unhinged and uh, his his dog whistles that were barely dog whistles to begin with uh, continue to be louder and more clarion. Um, he, he, you know, he, he's made it very clear. He's, he's trying to tell people to fight. You're stealing your lessons from you. They're, you're stealing your, their country from you. I mean... This is this is who is president. He is not a peacemaker, and he doesn't care about uh, healing the country. I, I find it hilarious that all of the criticism about about you know like reaches the other side. Mm. Like, hey, why don't you check out this dude's Twitter feed? <laughs> and that maybe that's the first place you could look. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's it. I am hopeful that that like so many other sort of blustery right wing you know, promises of, of having, you know, huge demonstrations and stuff that it will, it will peter out. I'm hopeful. I'm, I'm hopeful about that. Um, really, it's, uh, mm-hmm. one hopes that, that the people who claim to be moderating forces around the president, uh, great job, everybody. Um, but, but maybe they are, and maybe this is the time where they can, they can, you know, press pause on, on the tweet post button or something. But yeah, I mean, I'm, what what can what can you do? It, this is this is the thing. It, it's you have um, militarized police forces who are you know tend to be uh, pro Trump and uh, who certainly have different responses yeah. in how they treat protests by for Black Lives Matter versus by armed white nationalists in the streets. Right? I mean, yeah. this is an institutional issue. Um, I, I you know the Biden administration can't come fast enough as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, we could all we could all use a break in the next forty eight hours. I, I actually have some confidence we'll we'll get it. I know we'll talk again. Thanks very much. It always flies by. I hope you're well in New York City. Thanks for making the time for me. Thanks, Greg. Bye, London and Hamilton. The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from nine to noon on nine hundred CHML.